0: Good morning and welcome to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR.com. I'm Claire Sheridan for the Historical Society of Rockland County, and today our topic is the new award winning documentary produced by the Piermont Historical Society entitled The Piermont Paper Mill Stories from the Factory. The Historical Society of Rockland County is a non educational institution and principal repository for documents and artifacts relating to Rockland County. Our headquarters are a four-acre site featuring a history museum and the 1832 Jacob Blauvelt House located at 20 Zucker Road in New City. We're listed on the National Register of Historic Places and a designated New York State Path Through History site. Part of our broad and challenging mission is to share the history of Rockland with the public. And membership in the Historical Society is growing, and we'd love to count you as a member. Members receive tangible benefits like discounts on our trips and receiving our award-winning History Quarterly South of the Mountains. Visit our website at rocklandhistory.org and click the membership button to join us. Before we begin, I'd like to remind our listeners that this is a call-in show. So please call us if you have a question or a comment. Our number here is 845-429-1700. That number again, 845-429-1700. Now I'd like to welcome Betsy Franco-Fini to the program. Welcome, Betsy. Thank you,
1: Claire. I'm so happy to be here and to talk about Piermont history I'm a lifelong resident of Rockland County, grew up in Blauvelt, and I moved to Piermont 15 years ago. I own my own photography and art business, and one of my real passions really came out when I moved to Piermont, and I couldn't stop capturing the beauty of Piermont with my lens. And that brought me to create a book about Piermont, uh, like a photo book and with a little bit of history <laughs> written that I, I researched and then that opened up a new world for me and, a, and it brought me to the Historical Society and I found kindred spirit there and I found now my little home, my home away from home is our train station which is the little jewel of Piermont and if you've never been to Piermont it's nestled along the banks of the Hudson River three miles south of the Tappan Zee Bridge it's one of the most lovely little villages you'll ever find. And there, all there is, basically, is the mountain and the pier. And that's why it's called Piermont. <laughs> and the Piermont Historical Society
0: is a vibrant and active group. Tell us about the kinds of things, besides these award-winning documentaries, that your organization does. Oh, we do a lot.
1: We maintain the Museum of the History of Piermont which is located in this train station, which is circa 1883, and it merited an award from the Historical Society of Rockland County for restoration in 2007. It's on the National Register since 2008. We conduct a family fun day to get the children more involved and learn about their local history. We're so passionate about that. That's really one of our main goals in our mission and that is in conjunction with the path through history program and we have docents we have docent volunteers that give museum tours in the little train station the social highlight of the year in piermont is the piermont historical society dinner dance it is the place to be every year we have some very very clever ways to bring history in a a fun way to the general public we did one about the the one that we had about the piermont paper mill in fact a a couple of years ago was called the piermont speakeasy (laughs) and people dressed out in roaring roaring 20s costumes we had professional dancers do (laughs) the charleston and uh, it was just wonderful We've also partners with the Still New York, York State Rambles program, Still and yours, yeah. the Historical Society gives guided walking tours. And we have a historic booth at the Piermont Bastille Day in July, where which brings thousands of people to the village. So people come and learn about Marquis de Lafayette. That's our little connection to the to French history. We also participate in the Memorial Day parade. And we also do an outreach program by going into the, at the farmers markets, and so we're out there. That's
0: great. Tell us a little bit more in the restoration and preservation of the historic train station.
1: My part in it is, is doing the graphics. I do, with my background in graphic design, um, I do a lot of photography. I've done the logo and everything. But uh, we are currently planning an upgrade of all the exhibits. We really love, I don't know if you've, well, I'm sure you have, Claire, seen the um, Camp Shanks exhibit. And so we're going to work with the person who did those lovely installations to upgrade our own installations. And we built a locomotive. I had a set designer friend of mine build a locomotive that we use on Family Fun Day to get the kids interested. It's probably about nine feet least nine feet long and it's got a working smokestack and a bell for them to ring so it brings it brings the kids in my co-board member patty paniotidis who also worked on the the dvds the uh, documentaries with me she to put a whole wonderful children's program together where they come in and they learn morse code and the telegraph and there's kind of like a, a history quiz and they'll win prizes. So we really do an outreach to them. In 2006, the interior and exterior was restored. It was a shambles. In the museum, you can see photos from the 50s and on up, and the before and after is just amazing. It's now in pristine historic preserved condition and in 2017 the foundation was restored after people started literally falling through the floor because there's a there's a, a flooding problem and n- that was all
0: fixed now oh, that's great it's a big responsibility to take on a historic
1: building isn't it Absolutely, absolutely. It, it requires so much attention, coordination, planning, maintenance. So that was just some of it that I, I just described. Currently, we have a major landscaping project underway and will be complete by the spring. It will also include outdoor signage, historic informational signage with it. It's it's underway. It's, it's really awesome already. It's going to have a vegetable garden and we call it Belle's Vegetable Garden because Belle Kelly was the station master, train station master, and I often play at, at the Family Fun Day, I play Belle Kelly, dressed in the early um, 1920, 1910 clothing, and she also was the telegrapher and ticket agent. I find that visitors are very surprised to learn how much of this tiny single mother did at the ch- station and they always loved the story of how she met her husband via the telegraph much like people connect today via the internet ah, that's
0: great yeah so the documentary about the paper mill that your organization created isn't the first film that the Piermont Historical Society completed right
1: that's right we also did a documentary about Piermont during World War II. And people are probably surprised to see how significant Piermont played in the history of this nation, not only local history. So that, I highly recommend that documentary as well. When you, you have people visit the train station
0: or any of your outreach areas at the farmer's markets and the Bastille Day, etc., what are the topics in Piermont history that people find most surprising? That's a tough
1: question because there's just so much. The most dramatic probably is the New York and Erie Railroad. It was the longest railroad in the world in 1851. It left from the end of Piermont's Pier and traveled all the way over to Dunkirk on Lake Erie. Probably the most interesting is that in 1917, a silent movie called The Hungry Heart, the first movie shot in Piermont, made the Sparkill Creek and Haddocks Hall, which is a beautiful old brick building we have, which is now called the Silk Mill, look exactly like Venice, Italy. They put gondolas and portico, Venetian bridge over the creek. Probably the most mysterious is the mine hole. No one knows who, when, or why this mine hole was built. The poem above... The entrance says, oh, traveler, it's basically saying how rest your weary bones here and have a drink of this fresh fountain. There was fresh water coming out of the mine. So we don't know when this started or why it was installed. It's a great mystery, and it's along Piermont Avenue, uh, right along the Spark Hill Creek.
0: The film which is called The Piermont Paper Mill Stories from the Factory is an excellent film. Thank you. It focuses on the early 20th century of Piermont when the village was really
1: a mill town, right? That's right. The paper mill was constructed on the land created by the New York and Erie Railroad and it was before it was a mill town it was the trains. It was all about the trains. But it went down downhill after the laws changed and that the Erie Railroad decided to have its terminus down in New Jersey so that p- it bypassed Piermont but the mill was they found the pier perfect for what it needed which were the tracks and a way to get to New York City which was the tracks and also the steamboats on, on the river.
0: So it really was thanks to an earlier industry that it
1: was selected as the spot for this mill, correct? That's right. It started, for at Piermont, it began with the Hudson River Sloops. The Hudson River Sloops transported freight and people inland because from New York City, they wanted to send goods out west And because of the palisades along the Hudson River, the first opening was at the the Spark Hill Creek. And so they traveled up the Spark Hill Creek to where the Rockland Road Bridge is. This is where commerce began. And we call it the birthplace of Piermont. It is now on the historic register. And that's where the steamboats came and they docked along the river. There was a wharf along the river, and then the railroad arrived after the, the, um, the sloops, then you're, we're talking about in the 1850s, right after the, the Civil War. Then after that, when the railroad was built and the commerce, like I said, went down to Jersey City, the economy went into a deep slump, but then all of a sudden, besides the paper mill, the other draw was that Piermont had Fort Comfort Inn, which was some place that the Manhattanites would come up and they came by train, and remember I mentioned Bell Kelly, this tiny little woman serviced forty up to 40 trains a day that she did the ticketing and she did their baggage and uh, it was just amazing so that was along around the same time that the paper mill began
0: many people aren't aware of is that the pier really isn't a natural pier, is it?
1: No, it's not. It was built. There was land that was taken from the cliffs of the Palisades and also from Sugar Hill, which is a little place in in downtown Spark Hill. And using both, they built this pier, artificial pier, into the deep water part of the river, so there will always be a place for the steamboats to come up. You're listening to WRCR.com and Crossroads of Rockland History.
0: I'm Claire Sheridan, and I'm speaking with Betsy Franco-Feeney, and our topic today is the new award-winning documentary produced by the Piermont Historical Society entitled, The Piermont Paper Mill, Stories from the Factory. Our phone lines are open, So please do give us a call if you have a question or a comment. Our number here is 845-429-1700. That number again is 845-429-1700. So throughout history, improvements in transportation were significant in the transformation of places. And Piermont really is no exception to that.
1: That's right. For Piermont, it began like I was saying at the when the sloops came in. So you had the sloops at first, you had then you had the steamboats and then you had the railroad and finally of course the automobile and the bridges brought tourism to Piermont. And in the case of Robert Gare, his
0: ingenuity was transformative. Tell us a little bit about Robert Gare and how innovative he was.
1: Oh yeah. Well, the Piermont Paper Company began its production in 1902 and for 18 years the plant produced cardboard and its principal customer was the Robert Gare Company. So in 1920 Robert Gare purchased the mill. He had become a leader in the paper industry in Manhattan and Brooklyn after the Civil War. In 1879, after one of his workers accidentally cut through 20,000 paper seed bags, Gare developed a method to cut and print and crease cardboard in a single operation. And introducing the world to the first affordable cardboard box, he was able to produce in two and a half hours what would have previously taken a full day, and he attained a patent for this, his innovation.
0: When we visit Piermont now, the Piermont Pier specifically, there are luxury townhouses and condominiums all along the pier there. Describe what it was like in the
1: early 20th century. Well, the economy of Piermont was booming because of this Fort Comfort Inn It was indeed a factory town. Lots of bars, not restaurants. We're known for our restaurants now, but there are many bars. The air was full of ash. There were no environmental laws then. And the village used the ash in very inventive ways. They did not salt the roads or sand the roads. They would take the ash, the coal ash, and put it on the back of a pickup truck and one of the workers would stand on the back of the truck and just shovel it out onto the road. So you had this black ash, and that's instead of the sand. They also used the ash at the bottom of the hills so that the the kids could sleigh ride down the steep hills of Piermont.
0: It's amazing. So the factory employed a significant number of people at that time, didn't it? Yes, it did.
1: Mainly about 80% of the village, someone had some kind of connection to the paper mill, but also all the other businesses that were created around it.
0: You were able to interview people who worked at the paper mill, and they are featured in the film. Can you talk a little bit about how
1: significant it is to capture these people and their experiences. Yes, we're, we're really passionate. That's another thing that Piermont Historical P- Society would like to continue doing, which is capturing the stories of some of the local residents who either their their relatives worked at the factory or an experienced living during World War II when it came to our other documentary. And we're going to also take some more of these stories from people we we'd like to record them and we're going to be doing that at the library our Piermont library and we would encourage anyone who has any recollections of living in Piermont to contact the library I can tell you about Laura Montesano who's still a resident of Piermont when she recalled what she did at the factory and she described in full detail how she produced a box so she showed us how to fold it and everything and she will never forget that she says she uh, and she won't look at a box <laughs> the same way and the mill may still be gone but the memories remain she still kept a box there she had still has it and one one can see the pride as she unfolded it when we interviewed her she unfolded it and folded it back up so clearly, those who worked there, despite the pollution and long hours, they missed that wonderful sense of belonging. And you can hear it in their interviews. It was their town, and they would return to those days in a flash if they could. And the paper mill itself, it lasted for 80 years, and th- it felt like family to them.
0: Yeah, I thought that was uh, wonderful about in the documentary how how much camaraderie and community the people felt having worked there.
1: So how long was the paper mill in operation in Piermont? The land was purchased in 1900, and in 1902 the mill began, and in 1980, so it was just about 80 years that all all operations stopped. I think in 1980, wasn't it Federal Paper Board that ran it at that point? Yes, that's true, yeah. and in between also Continental Can. Mm-hmm. Um, which people think that it became a can factory, but it didn't. It w- they printed their labels there.
0: This really is a major piece uh, of Piermont's history, and there's there's actually a physical piece of the mill's history left in Piermont. Tell he- us a little bit about
1: that. Yes, when the wrecking ball came and they they had to demolish the buildings there was one thing that the wrecking ball just bounced off of, and it was the giant flywheel, which is how they produce their electricity. Some people think it's a piece of junk. We are very fond of it, and they decided to build a park around it. So it's now Flywheel Park right along the river. There's a gazebo there, beautiful view of the river. And it stands there in testament to all the working men and women of Piermont, the very, very strong working men when, men and women um, with this very strong, we like to call it um, industrial chic sculpture.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> agree.
1: We, it's massive. It's it, amazing. It's beautiful, and we recently, the Piermont Chamber of Commerce, the Civic Association, and the Historical Society all partnered to raise money and create this really lovely informational sign that stands right by the flywheel and it talks about what was here as far as the factory and all the galleries and shops around it are very grateful that it's there because instead of people coming in and they say what is that thing out there now that they don't have to explain it they just said there's a sign go ahead and read it
0: (laughs) yeah that's a great sign I'm so pleased that that's there that's excellent Piermont Paper Mill Stories from the Factory is a wonderful film, and I do hope people get to see it. Tell us a little bit about how people can see it if they want to.
1: Well, we have our our website, which is www. dot org. At that website, you can actually purchase the DVDs. They're $15 each, and It can also, we will also have information on it as far as where our upcoming uh, showings are. There, There are talks with the Tapan Library and also the Camp Shanks Museum would like to show the film when they're open in the spring. When we are open, the train station once again opens in the spring. They can come and see it there, too.
0: What's up next for the Piermont Historical Society? Will be will you be doing any more films, or what what
1: will you be working on next? We want to do our next documentary on the trains, the train stations, and the Erie Railroad, which there are actually two different train lines in Piermont. There were two different train lines in Piermont. Na- unfortunately, neither one exists. So we want to keep the history in everybody, em, everyone's mind about the trains in Piermont. So that's going to be our next documentary. And Tom Chapin, who's really one of our cherished residents of Piermont and an Emmy Award-winning singer-songwriter, he is going to be in on working with us with that, and he has done that in the past for our other two documentaries, volunteering his talent. How do people get involved in your organization? We would love for everybody to come a me- become a member by going to the website, on the website, there's so much, it's a beautiful <laughs> website, I must say, we, we redesigned it. You can learn all about the paper mill, World War II, and we would love for people to learn more. We have a walking tour that you can download from the site, and we would love for people to come and volunteer too. Because you don't have to become a member, but if you'd like to become a docent at the train station, You'll learn more history about it, and you can help us out. We're, we're just, we call us the little, little engine that could. There's really only a very, very small number of us that do a lot of work, and we, would, we, um, we love it, and it's so much fun, and we would love for other people to join us.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Betsy Francofini, for being here. We really appreciate it. That website, again, for the Piermont Historical Society is www.piermonthistorysociety.org. And please note that everything we talked about as well as a recording of this broadcast will be available on our website that's rocklandhistory.org and we hope you will tune in to the next episode of Crossroads of Rockland History on Monday, December 17th, right after the morning show when my guest will be South Nyack Village Trustee Andrew Goodwillie. He will be speaking about the impact of the railroad and the New York State Thruway on Nyack and South Nyack and the exciting trail signage installation that will be taking place on the Esposito Rail Trail. Please tune in. That's Monday, December 17th, right after the Steve and Jeff morning show. We have exciting events, exhibitions, and programs at the Historical Society happening soon, St. Nicholas Day celebration on December 1st and 2nd. And on Sundays through December and into January, you can take a candlelight tour of the historic Jacob Blauvelt House. Our 43rd Annual Miniature and Dollhouse Show will open soon as well. I hope you will visit our website at rocklandhistory.org to learn about how you can be part of it all. Please follow us on Facebook, where we have a growing group of friends and fans, and you can also find us tweeting on Twitter, blogging on Tumblr, and posting on Instagram. Please do come visit us in New City, and thanks for listening to Crossroads of Rockland History on wrcr.com.